The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Let's pray, shall we? Oh, Father, we worship you this morning. Just join me. Just lift up your voices. Just praise God. Thank you, God, that you love us. Thank you that you are worthy of praise this morning. Thank you that when we enter your house, when we join together as a church family, we can find you here. Lord God, thank you that you are in our midst. Thank you that you inhabit our praises. Thank you that there is something you desire to do for each one of us this morning. We welcome you here in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Praise God. Look, I just want to say, uh, I love this church. I love the people here. And when there's a dedication like this, and you hear um, that we're making these statements, these declarations over a little one, that as they grow in this place, God would do mighty things in their lives. You know, I was not dedicated here, but um, in the, the first part of Bromley Town Church, which was actually called West Wickham Christian Fellowship, I was part of that, that group that moved um, so we're talking 27 years ago, and I was about, my maths, I was about seven at the time, in the midst of that, that period, and uh, this church um, has helped shape me. This church has helped raise me up, and I'm blessed, I'm thankful I give God glory that I've been a part of this place. And you know, the reason why I'm getting emotional is because this is one of the final times, certainly in this season, that I'll be given opportunity to share God's word. I hear preachers say things like, preach like it's the last message you'll ever get to preach. (laughs) And they say that every Sunday. Because you never know what's going to happen during the week. But this is an opportunity, and I've got little time, But there's something in my heart that I want to share, and this is one of the final times I might have uh, to do it. And uh, this series, um, this is the last message in this series called Relate, Um, and I I, I shared the first message in this series uh, three weeks ago, and it was deliberate, chose this subject, because I knew there's key for breakthrough for this church, there's keys here for breakthrough in my personal life as well. The call to love one another. This morning's message is called, Dear Friends, Love Each Other. In truth, I struggle with this command and have done so. I believe it's, it's so necessary that we take hold of the command to love each other. It's the key for revival. It's the key for church growth. If you think of uh, the different models that people have in terms of how can your church grow? How can, uh, how can we see our community changed? For me, right here, we find in this commandment, the commandment that Jesus gave so many times 
throughout scripture to love one another is what we deeply and truly need. In John 13, 34, it says this, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. As a church, we have a a job to do, to take the gospel to our community. What does it say here in scripture? How are we going to do it? How are people going to know that we're disciples of of, of the Lord, that we're disciples of Jesus Christ? It's as we love one another. This is the kingdom growth model, if you want to call it that. If you want to see the kingdom expand, if you want to see the kingdom grow, what do we need to do, people? Love one another. Amen. This is for me personally. This is for you personally. This is for the body of Christ as we're here together. And who lived out this commandment? Who did it? It was Jesus Christ. In 1 John 2, verse, the last part of verse 7, it says this. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you've heard before. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. And you also are living it. Jesus embodied this commandment. In his interactions with people, in his actions, in his whole purpose and reason for coming to earth, he did, uh, he fulfilled this commandment. This commandment has the power to bring real transformation. And he fulfilled it when he called us no longer to be slaves or servants, but to be his friends. Now, in Jesus, we're going to look at some examples of how Jesus was a friend. But the first place we're called to, the first step, is that we receive salvation, that we receive the gospel, we receive uh, everything that Jesus came to do for ourselves, so we first become a friend of his. Now, last time I was sharing on this subject, um, we got to this point where you know, I simply said that the measure to which we can determine how much of Jesus is living in us is borne out by the way in which we love others. If you don't love people, who can say that Jesus is in them, that Jesus is living in you, that the Spirit of God is in you? Some people, when it comes to friendships, the whole focus is about conditions and a transaction. Friendship can be about, well, you know, I will be loving and kind and friendly to you if you are loving, friendly, and kind to me. Certainly, I believe that's the the idea. If someone is rude, if someone is nasty, you shun them. I'm not going to be a friend of you. You become an enemy of mine. Um, But then someone who's kind and loving, oh, I will be be a friend of them. And I suppose we understand why the world takes that position or that uh, kind of mindset when it comes to friendship. But the way that Jesus lived was totally different to that. The way that he was loving towards us, it mattered not how we were or what we were like. It's not about a transaction any longer. It's not conditional love. 
For Jesus, it is unconditional love. In truth, there are times where God calls you to love and to, to come alongside someone, and you know that they don't really have much to respond. Certainly, I mean, the joy of having a baby, there's something, that there's a love that naturally comes. But in truth, and I know, is that you serve that baby time and time again, through the night, over and over. You're caring for, you're lo loving, you're looking after, and you may not get anything back apart from a messy nappy and sick over your shoulder. And it can be like that for a period of time. And I love that because it teaches us to love unconditionally, right? It does. The way that Jesus loved, and Jesus is our example, is that he chose to go to the cross. The way that Jesus loved was in action. And when you receive salvation, when you believe that Jesus died for you, when you believe that, that what he did on that hill, he did that for me because he loved me. When you believe that when he, when he died and when he took, uh, when he suffered, he suffered for me, you begin to understand how much God loves. But his love is unparalleled. His love is everlasting. And yet, Scripture says that we are to love as we have been loved. The standard, the bar, what we're called to is so high, is so great. And yet, as we begin to live it out, it, begin, it, it is the key for community transformation is the key for kingdom, for God's kingdom to come into our community. In Philippians chapter 2, there is a, a, the first part of this chapter. We hear what Paul is calling uh, the people of Philippi to, to live like. And it says in verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The same mindset. That's what we're called to do. But I want to go back just to the beginning of that uh, from verse 1. Because it's talking about out of your relationship with Jesus, out of what he has done for you, out of that uh, transforming work of the Holy Spirit, it says this, if, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ any comfort from his love, if any sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, and knowing that that's all about what Jesus is like, he is tender, he is compassionate, he is the loving one. If we share in that, Paul writes, then make my joy complete and be like-minded. Having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. We are called to love in the same way. In your relationships, verse 5, have the same mindset of Jesus. You continue to read uh, uh, Philippians 2 and you see, wow, this is what Jesus did. He was the very nature, uh, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be, to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. The, the love that Jesus shows, the standard that we are called to, how we are to love our friends, how we are to love strangers is the same way. It says, and uh, Victoria in worship, she mentioned this, John 15, the, uh, 
verse 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. There is a pattern. There is a flow for us. And this series is about how can we be truly loving friends to those that God has placed in our lives? How can we do that? Well, the first thing is simply this. Become a friend of God. Become a friend of Jesus. Because out of the love that he gives, we're able to love one another. 1 John 4, 19 says, We love each other because he loved us first. We need to become a friend of Jesus so we can be a friend to others. And we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit that the compassion and the love and the tenderness of Jesus can flow from us to those he's placed around us. So, here we are. That's point one, but we're jumping straight to point two. To to be a friend, you have to have become a friend. To be a friend, and when I'm saying a friend, it's not just, oh, I've got friends. I mean to be a friend as Jesus calls us to be a friend. To love as Jesus calls us to love. To, to seek, to aim for that standard. To love others as we have been loved. That commandment that we've been given. We become a friend of Jesus so we can be a friend. And you know of Jesus. It says in scripture, he did not come to be served, but to serve. He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister to others. He didn't come to have friends. He came to be a friend. And that's for us this morning. I know that friendship can, uh, and talking about friends, can stir up a lot of things in thinking, oh, I haven't got good friends. I struggle. Or I struggle with relationships. I don't know how to connect to people. And I know that those are real difficulties that people face. But this morning, this is about how each of us can be a friend. Don't focus on how others treat you. Focus on how you can treat others. How can we be a friend? There are three points we're going to get through. The first one is this. And we're looking a little bit about um, Jesus' relationship with Peter. And we see uh, some ways in which Jesus is a wonderful, loving friend. And we also see at times where Peter is not so great and how we can learn from some of his mistakes. But the first point is this. See friends. Now, this isn't just, oh, make sure you spend time and see your mates, see your friends, although that really helps. No, uh, this is about seeing, really seeing your friends. When Jesus first meets Peter, at the time referred to as Simon, it says this, in John chapter 1, we're going to start from verse 41, Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ, verse 42 then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. When it comes to the people that you are called to be friends with, ask God to help you to really see them. It says that Jesus looked intently and as soon as he recognized, and he was given a word of knowledge that your name's Simon, but Jesus spoke who he truly was. He spoke destiny over this, this man who was going to be his friend. So often we can live in, in places 
where there's millions upon millions of people, and yet there are so many people that are alone. There's so many people that don't feel valued. There's so many people that, that don't know that there's a, a greater call over their lives. But when we choose to truly see people, when you see people, you know their value. When you see people, you know that God has so much more for them. When Jesus saw Peter, he didn't just see what perhaps everyone else saw. Young man, fisherman, sometimes brash, sometimes kind of putting his foot into it, you know, a bit of a risk taker. He didn't just see perhaps what his friends saw. He saw beyond that. He saw into the heart. He saw who he truly was. For us to be friends, friends that stick, friends that, that uh, come alongside, friends that truly love people, you need to see beyond the outward appearance and look at the heart of the person. Jesus saw the heart of Peter. We're uh, to be a friend, and this is a, an encouragement, this is a point, this is something for us to go away and do. Start to look for the gold that is within someone. They may be going through the hardest of times. They may be uh, difficult towards you. You may, you may be a son and a daughter who are playing up. It may be your neighbor, and you're, you're, you're having struggle with them. But ask God, I want to see the destiny in that person. I want to see what you have for them. Look beyond our own frustrations. Look beyond um, kind of just the, the, the struggle of relationship. But ask God, I want to see what you have. For Peter, this call was repeated again. It was said over him in his first encounter with Jesus. It was spoken over him again um, when in Matthew 16. I'm not going to go into that now because we need to keep moving. I love dedication. I love graduation. And uh, so I'm grateful, but we need to keep moving. The first thing we do is we see people, truly see those friends that God has put in your life. The second thing is we need to fight for our friends. To really love people means you fight for them. It means that you care for them so much. You won't let them just walk away. You won't let that relationship uh, kind of fall apart. You won't let them walk into painful situations. But you pursue, you cry out, you run after, and no doubt that's the character of Jesus. He's the one that goes after the lost sheep. He's the one that runs after us and calls after us and pursues us. So therefore, when it comes to the people that God has put in our lives, let's choose to fight for them. You know, if friendship is only ever conditional, based on ifs, based on if you treat me right, they won't last. Real friendships go through difficult times. In fact, you know the depth of a friendship if you've struggled, if you've fought, if you've had difficulty, if you've needed to forgive, and you're still standing together. You're still walking together. For, for Peter and Jesus, this was very real in their relationship. No doubt, Peter is the one who denied Jesus. Peter is the one who let his master down. He's the one that said to the people that, I don't know him, utterly rejected him. But Jesus saw beyond that circumstance saw beyond that difficulty, saw beyond the purpose. Because he saw who Peter truly was, he was willing to fight for that relationship. He wasn't willing just to let him go because he had uh, an insight of 
who Peter truly was and who he was to become. You know, it makes it so much easier to fight for a, a friendship if you've already seen something of what God has for their lives. It's so much easier to fight for someone and fight to be willing to, to go the extra mile, to be, to be willing to do whatever it takes if you've had an insight into who God has created them to be. Peter experiences this, and I love the words of Peter in his own letter where he writes, 1 Peter 4, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Peter experienced. He knew what it meant to be loved even though he had greatly sinned against his saviour. He'd greatly rejected He knew he he needed that forgiveness. This is what he had done to his his master, his saviour. And yet Jesus was willing to restore. In John 21, you see the restoration of Peter. And the same number of times that Peter denied Christ were the times that, that, uh, that Jesus said, do you love me? It kind of brought him back into position. It brought that friendship back into wholeness. For us to... Uh, to see friendships last, to see friendships endure, to see friendships you know, take on God's call to love as we have been loved, it requires us to fight. And this means not only when you're hurt, it's also when you know that you've hurt somebody, when you know that you've let somebody down, when you know that you've failed. Pursue them. Seek forgiveness. Desire restoration. Desire that, uh, that you can go again and build again. So we see our friends and we fight for our friends. But I suppose the key to all of that is to pray for friends. This is not a matter of, again, us saying, God, I need friends. Give me friends. Nah, This is about you praying for those people that God has put in your life. Peter, again, failed in this area in uh, a key moment when uh, in the garden, Jesus asked Peter, watch and pray for me. And it's in his hour of need. It's in his hour of brokenness. As he went into the garden, as he uh, it says that he was overcome, crushed with grief to the point of death. And he asked his friend, will you pray for me? Peter couldn't do it. Peter fell asleep. Jesus comes to him and says, couldn't you even have prayed for one hour? You know, I think of this, you know, this is is in that hour, in that moment, this is as harsh as the the denial of Peter. But Jesus, Jesus prayed for his friend. In Luke 22, verse 31, it says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Peter was prayed for. Peter was loved. Peter was forgiven. If we are to to see all that God has for a friend, we need to ask God to enable us to see them with his eyes. 
If we're to fight, that means we are to forgive. That means we are to turn over a new leaf. That means we are to, to lay down the hurt and the, and the pain. If we're to do that, it's dealt with in the place of prayer. It's when you and God come before and you bring before that person that you're having difficulty with, that person that you know God has great plans for them, but they seem to be drifting away, that person who you know uh, God has given you insight, prophetic insight. This is what they are called to do, and yet they're over here. You plead for them in prayer. You cry out for them in prayer. When was the last time you took an evening and said, I'm praying for my friend because I know they need prayer? I remember one of the most powerful things that a friend has ever done for me was, was pray for me. And it wasn't just that he, he prayed, he, he assembled a group of people to pray for me in my hour of need. It was a time when I was in Kenya and there was um, difficulties, there was fighting going on and the town I was living in um, was under attack by a group, um, a particular tribe, and uh, that evening... I received messages and calls, and I knew that people gathered. They came together. They, they prayed. They pleaded for God for my safety, but also the situation in that town. And I believe God answered their prayers. It's amazing, really, because there was one of the school teachers in that prayer meeting, and they went into their school, Bishop Justice up the road, and in fact, every classroom in their prayer time ended up praying for my situation. And you're like, wow. But when you pray for your friends... Truly, they know that they are loved by you. When you pray for your friends, God gives you insight into their situation. God enables them to, to it becomes so much clearer. If it's in your struggle, if it's in your difficulty, if you're struggling with that friendship, that relationship, go to that place of prayer. Cry out for them and ask God to see them anew and see them afresh. In this call to love each other, it matters in your personal relationship. In, even in the declarations that we've been, we've been making this morning, we said to, to Paul and to Abigail, we said to Toby and Tolu that we would pray for them, pray for their families. When you think about tonight, soul plan prayer, we've got names up on here, key friends that we've placed, we're called to pray for them, plead for them, cry out to God for them. It matters not just for your brothers and sisters, your Christian friends, but even more so for those who are separated from God. You cry out for them for their salvation. People are one in the place of prayer. And if you truly love them, that's why you pray. In 1 John 4, verse 11, this is where, and again, I love, the message is so clear from so many people. Jesus is saying, love one another. We hear of Peter saying, love with a deep love. We hear of Paul in writing uh, that we're called to love uh, in this way. But here, this is the Apostle John, and he writes, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression. Band, you can return. We, in truth, we have these three points to, to see friends, to fight for friends and to pray, but they're in the wrong order. The first place, when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to people that God has called you alongside, 
You know this, friendship is powerful. It shapes lives. Friendships have the, uh, the power to tear down people. If you speak ill over someone, if you uh, uh, curse them, rebuke them, it shapes people. When you see some of the most broken and hurt people and you ask them what happened, it's always, well, my parents said this over me. Or this, you know, people talk about how bullying lasts years and years and years. It's because people around them didn't speak loving words, didn't speak encouraging words, but they tore them down. And we're called to be Jesus to people. We're called to love people. And we have the power to shape people to give life, to give destiny, to speak life over people. When you pray for someone and you, and you ask God, I want to see who they truly are, and you're able to share that word with them, you're able to encourage them, you're able to lift them, you're able to help give them hope for a future, you're able to give real godly insight to that person. It comes from the place of prayer. We start with prayer. And then we're able to speak life. And then we're able to fight for them, even through difficulty, even through pain, even through brokenness. Why don't you stand? We're going to pray. I imagine that some of you, and I know that it's been a slightly jumbled, condensed message, but there's some of you that even in this time, there's a particular person you've been thinking out that you can't get out of your heart, even as, as you've been hearing the message this morning. There's maybe an individual that you know, I haven't fought for that person enough. Or there may be an individual that you think, I've really pushed them out. I, I haven't loved them in the way that Christ calls us to love. So why don't we just take a moment, just uh, lift that person before God. Lift those relationships that need, you know you need Jesus in them. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that in every, every relationship, because every person matters to you, every relationship matters. Thank you because you value each and every one of us, because you love each and every one of us with an everlasting love. You care about those that we do life with. Lord, my prayer this morning, God, is that as we take on this call to love people the way that we have been loved, as we take on this, this cry, this commandment, Lord God, and to live it out as you lived it out, King Jesus, Lord, I know that you will help us. Lord, I know. Lord, even now I pray, give us the grace. Give us the love that we need. Give us the help that we need to be lovers in the way that you love King Jesus. Lord, I know this is the work of the Holy Spirit. We can't make this happen. We can't go and try harder. We can't just go and, um, and, and just do our best. God, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the empowering of the Spirit. We need your love flowing through us. King Jesus, even now as we come before you, we pray. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Enable us, oh God, as we pr present these individuals, these people, these relationships before you, we pray. Give us the grace, even today, to, to uh, broach conversations, even today, to address them, even today, to send them a message, even today, just to tell them that, that we love them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The band will lead us in a song.
just as we come to the end of the service, we've heard Johnny speaking about the love of God, and we can just say, oh, that was nice, we were in church this morning, spoke about God's love, hallelujah, let's go home. What we've heard is key to our lives. God is love. God is love. That's who he is. And so when we, who profess to be his children, go and love, then we are actually showing forth what God is like to the people around us. The message isn't an empty message of, oh, that's nice. This is a message of essential facts for us as Christians to go and to put into practice. That we may go and live and love others. There are people who God will put on your heart. There are people who you will encounter this week who you need to love in a fresh way. Yet that person that's coming into your mind right now, in Jesus' name, through the power of what God can do, we can love them. The unlovely can become loved because of us. And we want to put that into practice. So let's go and be friends to others. Let's go and be a friend of God that we also can be friends to other people. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for your great, amazing, abundant love that comes to us. So I want to thank you, Father, that even when we have run away from you, even when we have done what is sinful before you, even when we have disobeyed you, you have still pressed in upon our lives, loving us, serving us, calling us, caring for us, and Father, you want us to love like that to others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Holy Spirit, come and fill our lives afresh. Come and give us fresh confidence, fresh courage to love